0: Hello all, this is Kaylee from the Time Machine coming at you with a very special disclaimer about this episode of the podcast. What you're about to hear is an original recording of the podcast. However, we wanted to let you know that there is an alternate version of this episode of the podcast because one side of our original recording was presumed lost and we actually re-recorded the entire thing, which... Is hilarious for reasons that you will soon hear. Funnily enough the re-recorded version is a version that my microphone settings were set wrong and were incredibly messed up and it sounded terrible so when we found the mislabeled original I decided that the edited and posted version was going to be the original and that is what you're about to hear but we've decided that this episode is cursed and That seems very fitting. So I hope you enjoy this cursed, miraculous, terrible, terrible to Alexis episode. Um, Enjoy. Kaylee, you almost had to
1: record this episode yourself.
0: That's really weird. That's so weird, Alexis. I had a dream where... You were like, I can't make it, but I want you to do it. And I was like, I don't want to do it alone. And you're like, you've <laughs> got this. And I was like, I would hate that. I don't want to do this alone. <laughs> I,
1: I do not like this episode.
0: You have issues with this episode for very on-brand reasons.
1: I, I do not like it. I just, I everything about it. I mean, easily in my bottom five. And I found myself actively putting off watching it.
0: Um, I, I actually didn't watch it till this morning. I, okay, so here's the thing about this episode. I was like, oh, Tiki Hama already. Okay. Didn't remember any, re- like, I had no idea why we we knew there was a Camp Tiki Hama. I'm wearing my Tiki Hama t-shirt right I now. Was,
1: I was hoping you would, yeah.
0: Yes. I, I have on
1: my blueberry shirt.
0: <laughs> Here's the thing. I remembered immediately who the bad guy was. Mm-hmm. Remembered zero details or anything that happened in this, in this show. Uh, it, nothing about this episode stuck except, oh, he's the bad guy. But mostly just because I know this character actor's face so well. Like, I adore him. He's the only blonde who's allowed in my book. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the whole time I kept thinking, Alexis is getting none of these references to horror movies, which is, this is filled with pop culture references to horror movies, you've seen no horror movies. You've barely seen this episode.
1: Yeah, no, I don't like this episode. I, I remembered it. Like, I've seen it probably twice, but I I skipped it, like, the last time I did my watch. I didn't want to watch it. I don't, I didn't, yeah. Like, I was like, I don't want to watch this episode. I don't like this episode. Mm-hmm. And without question, and I, I did the double check,
0: but Rodé directed this episode. Oh, Of yes. course he did. And I will say one thing, they don't let him show gore. I 1000% think based on what I heard them say about the Scary Sherry directorial debut of him on the show and what he wanted to include as far as like gory (laughs) effects, um, that when we open doors to find bodies and we just see our person's reaction and they show nothing, I appreciate that um as a viewer
1: me too
0: um not only of shows but of, of movies i really hate the way things have become and this is a rant we can cut all of this out but things have become so cgi heavy they're like oh we can show you so we will <laughs> so i appreciate this style it's much more hitchcock to me i feel yeah, like and i like is. that but you that, don't the...
1: <laughs> Like the references I saw because I have Amazon telling me these things, but like, mm. I yeah, no, I don't, I don't like this episode. So I'm going to do my best not to be hateful while we're recording, but You're I just loud. want it, I want it out there that <laughs> I do not like this episode easily in my worst five. Um, probably, I mean, I like, I like to scary Sherry, but not, not
0: as much as our usual I, tone.
1: Yeah. Yeah scary Sherry was better than this episode but this episode it's just too much for me what i like like he said it like i'm it's on brand like i don't
0: watch horror movies Mm -hmm. i will say that when rode gets dark like his episodes tend to there's a lot of emphasis placed on the dynamic duo of it all yeah and the way that, particularly Juliet, but the SBPD at large, comes in clutch for our boys and their dynamic duo surviving. Like, <laughs> so that I I will say it can be a silver lining.
1: Well, that's my that's my thing. But yeah, no, I I, I truly was like I don't want to watch this episode.
0: Aw, well, I'm, I'm glad we got through it.
1: I don't want to watch this episode. It'll be more fun so, to talk about.
0: So. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: my notes are short and sweet because I did not delay my watching at all. Um, I think usually I like pause to write a lot of things down, but I... You were like, let's get this over with. I was just like, I'm just going to go with it. Um, Well, so I guess without further ado, shall we start the episode? It's showtime. is to the the blueberry Blueberry. (laughs) i am alexis and i am a real life uh
0: episode hating (laughs) gus i'm kaylee and i'm a real life puzzle solving sean
1: (laughs) (laughs) this is to the blueberry a psych rewatch podcast we decided that we would watch our favorite show psych and then talk to another once a week so that we had a great reason to do so and it's worked out really really well yeah,
0: I'm liking it. I'm sorry you're not liking this episode, but I'm liking yeah. our, our vibe. <laughs> I, yeah, no, no. I That, that part's okay by me. Uh,
1: but this episode is Season 3, Episode 15, Tuesday the 17th.
0: I said this off mic, but I was born on a Tuesday the 17th, so this is very near and dear to my heart. And
1: <laughs> So this is a reference to Friday the 13th, obviously.
0: Yes. But is there something else that I don't know? I don't believe so. Okay, I mean, like it was like so random because it's a summer camp horror movie. So calling mm-hmm. it Friday the Thirteenth, it's just like it's it's nothing. It's just because Halloween came out first, and they were like, make this a thing.
1: <laughs> well, we uh we get to our flashback, um, and this time we're in
0: 1988. Yeah,
1: 1988, Camp Tiki Hama. Sean is leaving camp, and. Uh, he just basically doesn't want to take Gus home
0: yeah he tells henry to step on it and i just wrote sad boy sean henry even asks where gus is and sean is real cagey just real cagey
1: the the camera pans over and there's gus standing amongst a group of of small children holding none other than A giant
0: pineapple piñata with sunglasses on. Yeah, I wrote cool pineapple. So Sean tells us that he was ditched by Gus for Jason Cunningham, who wins every year. And uh, he got, and Sean got stuck with the kid who wore his jacket the whole time. And the it's child, a million
1: degrees out here. Why don't you go live on Hoth, you freak?
0: So, Star Wars reference to the frozen ice planet of Hoth. But behind the kid, wearing the jacket is a um racially insensitive teepee construction and the figure painted on it is a racist depiction of a native individual holding a pineapple
1: <gasps> so we hate I it but there's another one. pineapple
0: <laughs> we get we get three i counted three At least i got
1: the other one but i didn't catch that one that's
0: awesome yeah i rewound it um I just wrote Reese's Drawing Pineapple and then Secret Handshake and Killer B. Ah, uh, yes. Apparently that is Gus's nickname. And, okay, it took me
1: uh, like a solid five seconds to understand why his name would be Killer B. And then I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. No, it makes sense, but Sean hates it. Yeah. Um, he gets in, they both get into the truck and Sean said, if you're looking for your p- pocket knife, it's still in my back.
0: Ooh, salty. Um, Gus kind of like lets it slide and he just goes, hey, where's your piñata or your clown piñata? Yeah. Sean says, it's not a clown and wouldn't you like to know? And then
1: the creepiest of all creepy camp songs comes up, which is, the, in fact, the Camp Tikihama theme song. I, I think you got this because we were talking about it earlier, but those are the lyrics.
0: Yes. That... They he were up. fake lyrics. Face? yeah. yeah. Uh, Tancana yep. from season two, episode nine, Bounty Hunters. <laughs> Henry bullied him into singing camp songs because the lie <laughs> of him being at Henry's was that he was their old camp counselor. And um, these are the, the lyrics we hear are the lyrics that he sang. And um, I wrote them down. Oh, my gosh. Very quickly. Camp Tikihama. Oh, what you are reaches near and reaches far (laughs) from white capped mountains to crystal lakes sing out loud for tiki's sake camp tiki hama you're so true la 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 and they love you (laughs) so the last part we don't get all of those lyrics when we hear tankana making up his song But they like they they finished it out for us. But Crystal Lake was the lake at the Friday the 13th murder camp. Yes. So I just like that. I mean, Crystal Lakes is a valid way to describe clear, beautiful waters. But it was Camp Crystal Lake. (laughs)
1: While the the music is playing, we kind of get the camera follows to the lake and then goes into the lake.
0: Under a loose canoe, by the way. It's just loose on the lake.
1: We see, I, um, immediately I knew it was Rick Astley. So did I. It looks just like him. It's a cartoon Rick Astley. And he is chained to the bottom of the lake, um, which I guess is a reference to Jason Lives, which is Friday the 13th, part seven, six.
0: The loose canoe of it all. (laughs) Okay.
1: We cut to 20 years later.
0: Oh, I just wrote present, but 20 years later. It actually
1: said 20 years later. Um, because apparently we need to, we need to put exactly 20 years later on creepy episodes. Um, we see this girl and she's watching a Jason movie.
0: Yes. And I, honestly, I'm not religious about them. I have a, I have a baby cousin who was obsessed with them and would know which Jason movie that is. I do not. Um, so... (laughs) she i i took this as tongue-in-cheek but the girl getting like chased down and murdered by jason she's like that's what you get for being a harlot thank you very much so she's congested um but i just think it's like one of those things where you're like commenting to yourself while you watch a movie just Mm -hmm. like tongue-in-cheek
1: well she hears something she grabs her bat she screams i've got a bat Um, it sounds like somebody has come inside, but she looks and it's just a clanky old window.
0: And she refastens the window. And right after that, we get a lot of, like, quick jump scares happening. Yes. And I feel like... The kettle whistles. Yes. So I feel like when shows and movies do this, like, quick succession, like, jump scare, jump scare, jump scare. Like, they're making a point of, like too many jump scares this is satire like <laughs> yeah. um but yeah the tea kettle whistles and then she's like oh it's fine she takes it off the burner and then the phone rings and she, like, ah! and then it's fine it's her friend sissy and she's so glad to hear from her
1: because she's alone and feeling sick and it's creepy here yeah when it's all alone when she's all alone um and they talk for a little bit longer and then she hangs up and makes her tea which apparently she thinks is disgusting <laughs> and but she like she takes a sip
0: fridge. of fresh boiled tea which i don't understand like you, honey, yeah. you can't even taste that yet yeah yeah she opens the uh, fridge there's a sign in the fridge that says i see you in sort of blood looking letters yeah and she's like ah and she like walks backwards to the glass window panes of the door she dropped her teacup it broke and someone breaks
1: through the door and grabs her by the neck
0: and we just, like, zoom in on her scream, and then we get, like, a really bad PowerPoint graphic of Tuesday the 17th, <laughs> followed by our credits.
1: It's a nice walk and talk, and they're debating on whether or not there should be lettuce on tacos, which I would like you to weigh in on, Kay, because you
0: don't eat meat. Yeah, they're debating whether there should be, um... Lettuce in burritos. In burritos, right, right. Sean says it is not allowed. Gus says that, but he doesn't seem to mind them being on tacos. And Sean says tacos have assimilated, Gus. Everybody knows that. The burritos have remained authentic through the Raleigh fingers of Mexican cuisine. That's a sports ball reference. He was a relief pitcher. Oh. He sort of legitimized the position of relief pitching. Sure. Um... I am in favor of literally anything wrapped in a tortilla and calling it a burrito of some kind. No disrespect to the authenticism of tacos and burritos, but if you put something in a tortilla, if you don't close it all the way and tell me it's a soft taco, I'll be like, cool. If you wrap it all up and you tell me it's a burrito, I'll be like, cool. Maybe it's just a wrap, but either way. Yeah. (laughs)
1: i'm pro lettuce on tacos i think they're a good filler they add a nice crunch and flavor but
0: in burritos as
1: well burritos and tacos yeah across the board yeah yeah well they get to the psych office and (laughs) um the head of the rick astley piñata is hanging by a noose from the front of the psych office
0: there are a few things that as they happen i'm like This tells us everything we need to know about the person we're dealing with. This is one of those moments. Because as they're deciding that, is that? Yes. Yes, it is. It's definitely your pinata. Out jumps who other than Jason Cunningham, the golden boy himself. Who's a ginger, by the way, and kind of looks like the pinata.
1: There's a lot of references here that I didn't catch, but, but basically they found the pinata when they were dredging the lake. And
0: I, I remember some, but I didn't write them down, so it's fine. Yeah.
1: Um. He bought the camp. He bought Camp Tikihama and is reopening it.
0: Yeah, and he wants to forget all about the sordid past, um, but he needs some help because one of their counselors hasn't turned up and people are getting a little worried. And the last thing he needs before reopening this camp with sort of a tragic past is for the press to catch any sort of wind. So like asking the police for help, he feels is out of the question to which I say it's morally reprehensible and unethical. And you need to go to the police and actually report someone missing. Red flag. Number two. <laughs> um, Sean is like, uh, uh-uh.
1: and Gus said, If you won't do it for our friend, do it for the children.
0: And then they have like this really hilarious mumble mouth off fight at the end of which Sean just kind of goes, (laughs) uh-huh. Or something to that effect. Like he has sense, but not happy. At the Santa Barbara Police Department,
1: Lasseter is in Chief Vick's office and he brought her some flowers.
0: And she's so touched by this. She goes, To what do I like, like what a thoughtful gesture, first of all. And he's like, these are by far the worst ones. Um they might be poison. And yep. then he's like putting them in a vase, and he's like, here are some chocolates. These are also cast offs. One of those is expired. And the reason he's buying all these things and giving away what he's not actually using is he's going to see his ex-wife for dinner tonight they're in fact going to the same place where they had their first date it's called gerard's and chief says that's surprisingly a chic location
1: well apparently it wasn't gerard's whenever
0: it was gerard's but it was a greasy spoon back then right and there's a whole dialogue about Food codes being changed as a result of the diarrhea-inducing <laughs> history, um, but he's like, you know, new beginnings. You get the whole the whole point of this uh, metaphor I'm doing. And Chiefs warns him to proceed with caution. Like she's happy about the reconciliation, but she doesn't want him to like full, you know, saddles blazing ahead. Put all his legs in one basket i think he says that's it then he says something stupid and we cut back to our boys driving to the camp in the blueberry sean's like i do not want to go back to this camp
1: it is not good it's not helpful and then they almost run over an old
0: man on a bicycle the old man screams
1: you're all doomed
0: sean literally goes okay we're out of here um, turn around before we get stabbed <laughs> we um we get this little aside from the boys before we almost run over a human where um Sean is like hating this trip down memory lane and Gus tells him to let it go and he just wanted to win the, the pinata contest and Sean says it's not about winning it's about you and me being an unflappable two-headed preteen phenomenon, like the Maori twins, which he said weird because isn't it Tia and Tamara Maori? It is.
1: Sean is having a moment that one might consider to be a Sean's a real psychic moment.
0: <clears throat> I also wrote stripes and plaid. Um, the boys remain in these stripes and plaid for the rest of the show. Sean doesn't have a good feeling about this. He says, it doesn't feel right. We shouldn't be here. And I wrote, psychic. Yeah. Um, Gus... I have enough,
1: I think there's another one of those moments this episode.
0: Okay. I don't remember. Okay. Gus says something here that I was wondering if it was a fun fact of some sort and I didn't look it up. Sean, uh, Gus says, like, we're going to be quick. Let's just, like, find the girl. And then head home. We'll be in and out in a couple of hours. And we'll get Berner Wurzel on the way home, my treat. Is that a weird... Is that a chain? Is it an actual restaurant? Or is it some kind of weird Werner Herzog reference? <laughs> I, I have no idea. I but if no you idea. know,
1: let us know via an email to, to the blueberry Podcast at gmail.com.
0: Please, please do. I'm desperate. I don't want to Google that right now.
1: We get to the camp and the boys ask for Jason. And the guy who's like putting up the sign said, I think he's in tr- inside trying to figure out what's eating Gilbert grape.
0: Turns out it's a flesh eating virus. Sean's like, oh, I get it. You're the funny guy. And this other buff guy walks over and Gus goes, you must be the counselors. Um, We get blonde guy who was painting the sign. His name is Clive. He's the water guy. All things wet. And then we get shirtless Billy, who is jacked,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um, he's all about the fitness and nutrition and uh, body sculpting. <laughs> <laughs> and then a woman comes out
1: of the lake. To sexy music. And Gus immediately sets his sights on her. And Sean's like, this is what you do around even remotely pretty women. You he says, lose all sense of reasonability or something like that.
0: Yeah, he says you lose all semblance of reason. And Gus says, I don't do that.
1: Just like you don't flick your nose with your thumb when you're trying to look cool.
0: That's my favorite Gus move. Um, (laughs) So we even get like a slow-mo hair flip from this girl. It's very, I'm sorry for this girl. Like (laughs) they made her do this. Um, But Jason comes out of the building and he's being real weird. Carrying a doll. He's He's carrying a creepy
1: doll. He's wearing nurse's shoes, which are just Crocs, but... But
0: they were OG nurse's shoes. Like, nobody was wearing them but the professionals with orthopedic Uh, But he was
1: also wearing two left feet. Wait, he was also wearing two left shoes.
0: Yes. So here's the thing. We've already seen this. It's becoming a pattern by this point in the show. Every time Sean is like, that's a weird thing. We shouldn't be here. Things are weird. Gus is like, those shoes are probably really comfortable and supportive. And Sean is like, they're both left. <laughs> and so, like, Gus is like super into helping his friend, you guys. He's just like willing to overlook everything. And then, and then everything else he chooses to overlook, we can blame that on the pretty girl. Mm-hmm. Right? Right? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So, uh, Jason
1: said, I had some biscuits in the oven, but I forgot to light the pilot.
0: And he just gets real sad and weird, and Sean's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, I'm going to introduce myself. I'm a, ps- a psychic, Sean Spencer, and this is my partner, Lumpkin. My name is Gus, but you can call me Slick. And he flicks his nose with his thumb. <laughs> um. And the girl says, I'm Sissy, arts and crafts, and I keep wanting to do my girl voice for her, but she has like a deeper voice than I mm-hmm. expect every time she speaks in this show. So... Sean's like, "So we're here about your missing counselor?" And Sissy, Autumn, and like she just like jumps in like, "Wait a second. Jason, I thought you said she called." "Well, I thought she
1: was going to call, but I but I haven't heard from her yet." And then Billy starts to say something, and "You Jason, guys know
0: this is and Jason, Jason
1: cuts him off with, "Billy, let's keep our business our business." this is just about Annie. And when he says it, he covers the doll's ears. There's Um, no reason for that. I don't, I don't like this episode. Okay. And then he walks away and drops the creepy doll and drags it again.
0: Sean is, he's being weird. He's being like super spaced out and not himself that we met already. And Sean is like, what is with the doll? And Gus is like, it's for the kids. And Gus accuses, okay, this is, Classic gaslighting, you guys. Gus accuses Sean of trying to purposefully interpret everything as being creepy because he's jealous of Jason and he doesn't want to be here because he's just so mad at Jason and holding the grudge from their past. He's he's being a bad friend. Yeah. <laughs> and Alexis would never do this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, definitely not to you, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe if the the scenario was was correct. Okay, so we go into um, Annie's house, Annie's like camp house, and Sean does a full psych out, psych out on everything, and he notices a couple things. There's a chipped a uh, piece of chipped glass kind of on the floor, and that some of the window panes had been um, replaced recently. And then, in good Sean fashion, he che- checks the
0: fridge. And there's a pineapple staring us in the face. It's our third of the show, and we are less than a quarter of the way in.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sissy said that she talked to Annie right before Annie went missing, and uh, she really wasn't feeling well. And Sean's like, well, then she probably didn't go for a hike by herself. Um, And then Billy comes in and talks about the history of the – Maybe it's Sissy. I don't know. One of them talk about the history of the camp.
0: No, they don't talk about the history of the camp. Sissy says, oh, this was seriously you guys' childhood camp? Like, you came here? And then Gus kind of gives it to us. He's like, yeah, bunk beds, making lanyards, catching a fish. And Sean's like, being sent home early because the repairman got electrocuted in the pool and the camp was finally closed. Sissy's all like oh my gosh, that was real? And Gus says, it was a tragic accident, and it was 20 years ago.
1: They walk by the pool, which is still kind of in shambles, and um, they see the laundry shack.
0: And um, it's kind of apparent that something is running inside, and Sean's like, who would be doing laundry? And so he's like, Oh whoa, not me. We are not supposed to use that, especially the dryer, because our generator's kind of messed up and it uses too much power.
1: They go inside. There's no lights. The dryer there's... is shaking.
0: And there's a gardening tool on top of it? Yeah. That's a
1: weird note, but okay. I, I made the note too. It was just kind of weird. <laughs> um Gus. Pulls out his fearless guster and he opens up the dryer and out falls all these bloody clothes.
0: And Sissy screams, but Gus doesn't.
1: Red flag number three.
0: <laughs> We're just going to call it red flags. Um, Sissy identifies that as Annie's pajamas. Yeah, and then the whole gang is here. Like everyone's checking it out with them. Um, Gus wipes his hands on his pants and then attempts because
1: they were covered with blood
0: yeah so then he like attempts to find something to keep wiping his hands off better and then Sissy is like who would do this and Sean my bet's on the creepy old guy oh yeah the creepy buck tooth one old guy toothless man on the bike um Sissy's like the janitor
1: Uh, Jason comes in, he's still very creepy, and he
0: asks if anyone would like some tea. After he says, it couldn't be crazy old Irwin, he's harmless, he wouldn't hurt a fly. Billy notices
1: that the cycle just started, and he's like, okay, whoever started this is close. We need to go look for Annie. And he goes, let's meet back at the office at 6pm, not a minute late.
0: And then he swings this pipe he's holding, and he goes, let's twist this.
1: And he hands Clive, like, some, like, garden shears.
0: Yeah. And, um. Sissy starts Sissy's to walk like, out after them, and then she stops, and she goes, you guys aren't seriously going to let me go alone, right? Uh, Sean's ready too. They literally, in unison, Gus says, of course not, and Sean says, of course we are.
1: They have a little aside and Sean says, we've suddenly fallen into some sort of slasher movie scenario and we're making all the classic mistakes. And
0: Gus says, Annie needs us. And Sean says, we didn't meet her. She could be a terrible person. We need to stay here, hunker down, shut the door, wait for help. Gus is like, I'm going. And he grabs a shovel. And Sean is like, maybe something pointier? And then Sean stays behind. But he takes out his cell phone. Smart. He's
1: finally doing the smart thing. Good job, Sean. Uh, We're in the woods, and we're kind of looking through somebody else's eyes. And we're, like, watching people. Gus and Sissy.
0: Yeah, we're watching people yell for Annie. Fearless Guster is what they call me, Gus tells her. And then there's a bird sound, and he throws the shovel at a tree
1: billy hears someone billy goes and follows his sound and then he
0: falls into a ground trap and then we see a masked man approaching him from behind and billy doesn't with, see the masked man with an axe so we get this like really tonally jarring cut so oh yeah before yeah before we get into this lassiter's side plot is very very different than what's going on did did you like that as like a reprieve or was it like a nah for you?
1: So I don't I don't remember the episode where Lassie's aside is like finding a date, and they closed that like it was a really heavy episode and they closed it or they they were using his like um their the stakeout as kind of like the running joke. Yeah, and I think they tried to do that here, but they they layered it into they layered heavy into it. Like it should have been, it should have been all comedy. That's yeah. that's my feeling of it. If you're going to try to give us a reprieve, like
0: I do, make feel it like funny. they were like, we need to close this side of Lassie's story. We yeah. need to show how much he's grown. I just don't think that this was the right episode to put that in. But they did need to get rid of him for this episode. So like I get it, mm, but like so this jarring thing. We're at a restaurant. Lassie's there. The guy says, it is 520, sir. Your reservation is 7 p.m. And Lassie's like, I'm a peace officer. I can stand stationary for up to eight hours at a time. I'll be fine. And the guy goes, I don't know, maybe wait at the open bar?
1: (laughs) He walks into the bar and he immediately sees his
0: wife. Ex-wife. Victoria, if we don't remember her name, played by none other than, oh my god, you guys, it's Justine Bateman. Oh. (laughs)
1: My God. Thank you for saying Victoria, because I should have realized that. Um, But for some reason, all throughout my notes, I called her Sarah.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: I don't know. I don't like this episode. No. Um, Okay, so <laughs> there she is. She's on her second martini, and she's eating her olives out of it. Um, she was nervous, so she got there early. Him too.
0: Um, Then we cut immediately back to the camp. And... and- In comes Juliet, walking into the laundry shack, calling for Sean, who is, uh, quote, not hiding in the closet. See, I wouldn't expect you to, like, you know, be able to relate or understand, but sometimes the psychic headlights, they get a little bit bright. And to balance that effervescence, I need dark spaces.
1: Um, Would you mind coming back in and catching me doing inverted sit-ups or perhaps, perhaps, catching me lifting a large anvil over
0: my head. Juliet says, let's cut to the chase, because you sounded really spooked on the phone call. Um, What did I? Oh, so we're seeing everybody gather outside, and um, Clive walks up, Gus and Sissy walk up, and where's Billy? He was the one who said 6 p.m. sharp, not a minute late. Clive is like, dude, I don't know, we split up. Um, Sissy says did you find anything Clive says stumbled upon Irwin's living quarters and I mean that loosely (laughs) and we're joined by Sean and Jules
1: Juliet said that everybody is being dumb right now and they need to go inside and they need to stay together
0: yeah she says this isn't smart let's do this right love her and then we get this really weird scene and there are a couple of holes and I'm going to keep pointing them out because I love the show enough to point them out Um, Jules is like, wait, so none of you actually know this Jason guy well at all? And without really answering, Sissy just sort of goes, God, I can't believe I let him talk me into this. And then Clive says, careful, Sissy, you know better than anyone. And she goes, I don't care. He hasn't been completely honest with you guys. In comes creepy Jason again. And he's wearing like a burlap overcoat. It's super weird. (laughs)
1: And... (laughs) Sean introduces Juliet as one of Santa Barbara's finest, both literally literally and figuratively. Did
0: you catch the look on
1: her face? She was so happy. She with was the compliment. like, that's a really good one.
0: <laughs> Jason is mad. He
1: makes that Sean has caught
0: cops. He has a couple of choice quotes. He calls him Judas! I'm ruined! You've ruined everything. And Jules says, I'm not the enemy but I really believe that we need to all stay together. And Jason just continues on his rant. And he goes, I could have fixed this. You've destroyed me. Iago. And he leaves. What does the bird from Aladdin have to do with anything? Juliet is on the exact same page. Um, Her face is like, dude, I have no idea. Okay. So a couple of things. Judas, um, for my non Judeo Christian homies, um, is the apostle who betrayed Jesus to the Romans. And, um, Iago is the guy who tricked and ruined and was the villain of Othello from Shakespeare.
1: So I'm happy you know that because I absolutely thought that it was just a joke about, so that they could make the joke about the bird from Aladdin. (laughs) Because that's the only Iago I knew.
0: So he was the henchman of Jafar in Aladdin. And he was a parrot. But, um... I love that neither Sean nor Juliet knew that.
1: <laughs> also, if we're pointing out red flags, um, can I take a minute to say that the walls are covered with these like, like um, posters of tarantulas. I never noticed that. There's just a whole bunch of giant spiders all over the walls.
0: Oh my.
1: They're and I mean they're they're like exhibits. They're like you know scientific and stuff but yeah they're just spiders everywhere no big deal god
0: okay this is so much worse um
1: i was gonna say juliet's gonna stay there while gus and sean go to find jason yeah
0: because he's like we can't let him be alone um and juliet's like okay and she tries to leave to go do it and sean is like no 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 you stay i'll go with gus gus says you must be out of your mind if a brother heads into the woods he doesn't even almost come back and then um sean drops what about somebody in Deep Blue Sea? Sean says, what about LL Cool J? He made it all the way through Deep Blue Sea. Sh- and Gus said, that was on water, Sean. That was different. And Simula Jackson got swallowed whole. Jules is not happy about this. She makes it very clear.
1: Sean's like, fine, I'm going alone. Although it's a bad idea. Um, he, did, or he did just get caught by Juliet
0: hiding in a closet. So he's due to man up. He says, but listen, after four minutes, like, come find me assume the worst. Um give it serious thought after two. And you know what? You're in charge. So after 45 seconds if you feel, you know, froggy, jump. <laughs> Sean goes outside, Ooh, starts yelling for Jason. Not before telling Gus, I told you we never should have come here. Sean
1: goes outside, starts yelling for Jason and uh ends up at the laundry shack again. And he walks in and he sees Annie sitting there. And he goes, "Annie, are you okay?" are you okay, Annie? He says, are you
0: okay, twice. Annie,
1: are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? Yeah, he says exactly.
0: Are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? And he goes, Annie, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? (laughs) And then he sees a masked man, and he screams like a little girl, pauses, and then the next thing we see is his screaming like a little girl and running out the front of the laundry shack. Annie's
1: head did roll back and he saw the
0: marks all over her neck. Why were there blood on her clothes?
1: That's a really good question. I
0: mean, if your adrenaline is up and you think you just found a dead body, valid not to ask yourself that in that second. But as a viewer, I'm like, I don't see any wounds. (laughs) No open wounds.
1: (laughs) Um, while he's running, Sean starts having flashbacks to, like, everything he saw. And then he ends up trip, he ends up tripping, he's on the ground. The masked man has a knife that he's holding over his head, and Sean just smiles. And we hear Jules go, drop it or I'll shoot. He st- stands up and screams, Don't shoot, don't shoot. This isn't Friday the 13th. It's April Fool's Day.
0: And yeah, he's actually blocking the guy, and Jules is like, I can't, Sean, I can't get a shot. And he goes, it's the same formula, but with a killer twist. And then he, like, stabs his own hand with the fake knife that the guy's holding. Off comes the mask, and it's Jason. And then up from behind them down the trail comes Billy and Annie. Jason immediately
1: pol- apologizes to Juliet. She was not supposed to get caught up in this. Oh, she is big mad. It's not, it's not going to be a kid's camp. It's a murder camp. People can come get the bejeebies scared out of them, and solve an awesome murder mystery. Jason
0: wants to know how Sean figured it out. It's like psych- I'm psychic. You can't really, like, account for that. And I couldn't have done it without Gus. Um, Gus, who's afraid of blood,
1: touched the bloody clothes and wiped them on his pants. And blood dries, and so does paint. But corn syrup and red dye number three doesn't
0: at one point here gus says that's how we do it we're like yin and yang and the spark that starts the fire i want to put a pin in that little yep i i actually absolutely
1: tagged that and it was the next thing in my notes so i'm 100 percent with you yeah
0: um so right here we get as, as Gus is, like, talking about how he was in on it, and Sissy's like, oh my god, you! And Gus is like, yeah, I just wanted to help my friend Jason out. Behind, okay, everyone's sort of joining in and, like, you know, chortling about all of this. Behind Gus and Juliet and Sissy, we just see Clive sort of standing motionless. Just, like, mm-hmm. dead still. So, that I noticed. Um... <laughs> Jason is ready to
1: celebrate. They brought them in for the dry run. It went great. We skipped a whole thing.
0: Oh. (laughs) Well, I don't know if we skipped it, but we were going to get away from it real fast. Gus and Jason do their... um, Well, their secret handshake again? Their secret handshake again. And Sean says, you guys have to be my least favorite tag team of all time. And then Clive comes in with the... Really? With Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov on the table? And I googled it. You really went there, didn't you? He, no, he, like, oh, we just made that reference? Okay. Um, from 1984 to 1987, in the, like, huge national, like, wrestling league thing, as it was, yeah, this was a very terrible characterization. Have you ever seen Glow? Yeah. You know how the one girl pretends to be a Russian and it makes her the villain? Uh-huh. Okay, so these guys were like that. One was a USSR Russian... And one was wearing a very racist headscarf. Mm -hmm. And it was like Taliban-esque chic. And they were the villainous tag team duo. And I was like, Mm. oh yeah, Sean knows that's problematic. He's like, you pulled that one out. We had to talk (laughs) about it.
1: (laughs) Uh, They go inside and Juliet is... Bad.
0: i just wrote 2000s music and i had to look up the song and it's flagpole Sitta by harvey danger
1: juliet's like i'm not supposed to be here this has been a huge waste of my time also, but gross. i guess i'll hang out <laughs> until the storm ends and also sean saw some chocolate in the refrigerator that he can go get for her.
0: jules thinks this is super gross but also that's chocodiles in the refrigerator which are chocolate covered twinkies oh. made by hostess oh yes I don't, I think they went the way of the Twinkie and we don't know about them anymore, but hmm. Chocodiles. Yeah, yeah. Jules is tempted. Sean says he shall return because he's on go get him. While he's in the kitchen, he sees something in the lake. <sighs> we are instantly outside pulling the person out of the lake. That person happens to be Erwin the janitor. Um, and Clive is walking out with a first aid kit for no reason and we hear the radio saying that um you can't get up to the mountains because there is a tractor trailer that is blocking highway what highway i don't know the highway yeah um has got no cell reception she wants to call on the radio and get an ambulance again with the am- well, like we know he's dead guys no ambulance no first aid kit come on so That's when Clive is like, it doesn't make a difference if you radio
1: them, that there's trees down, there's a truck down, no one's coming up these roads. And Sean is just like, of course. Quick back to Lassiter at the dinner. We've got some
0: soft jazz piano.
1: (laughs) And um, Lassie just kind of puts it all out on the line. He's like, somebody told me that I need to be more cautious, but I've been too cautious my entire life.
0: Oh, yeah. He never sees the moment. He never got lost or carried by his emotions.
1: All I have is uh, he decides he's going to go out on the limb and he gives her a beautiful diamond necklace.
0: I couldn't see it on my screen. Like, it wouldn't let me see oh, it. Um, it's really pretty. I wrote Sean lessons. Okay, so what I was thinking was, like, being around Sean and Gus and how, like, they just, like, you know, throw themselves into stuff and just do a thing it, I think it's rubbing off. I think, like, they're a big part of his growth. I agree. Um, I, I think that's a
1: two-way street, though.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, she said, this is too much. And he's like, ah, oh, it's no big deal. I, um, let me say, lots of overtime, confiscated knives I sold on eBay or Craigslist. The stimulus helped. And he he's saying this, oh, he says... Heart on sleeve, hat in hand. Oh, my God. I can't believe he, like, just, he's, like, a man with nothing to protect is another thing he says. He's just, oh, my gosh. He says it's long overdue. And Victoria says this is a mistake.
1: She wasn't very clear about why she wanted to meet
0: up. But I love his reaction because he was like, oh, my God, did I do something? And he's not, like, defensive. He's like, I have no idea what it could be. You have to tell me is the vibe I got.
1: The only reason she wanted to have dinner with him was because she wanted him to officially sign the divorce
0: papers. And then we're back to the camp. It, it's jarring. It is jarring. Juliet, in her, like,
1: BA attitude, nobody touches that body.
0: I can justify moving it because of the storm, but this porch is off limits. Somebody asks if, the, if they know what
1: happens, and she said that there are no signs of foul play. So, but we weren't sure why he was in the
0: lake. Yeah, like, without an autopsy, we're, we're not going to know. And um, Sean says, he didn't strike me as a swimmer, but Jason says, he didn't have running water at his trailer, so I think he bathes in the lake.
1: That's a, that's a weird way to keep your employee, but okay. Um, Billy said, I guess that kills the game of strip
0: cribbage that I was trying to start. And Sissy is instantly like, no, let's do it. I've got to get my mind off of all of this. Come on, Gus. I wrote "Come on, Gus" before she actually said it because I was just like, "That was the like, okay." Uh, she's clinging to Gus like Velcro. This whole she is. This okay. So here's the dialogue. Even now, even now,
1: when we know that it was a, it was all a a
0: prank. Yeah.
1: Or, for lack of better terms, she still. Clinging but
0: she to wasn't Gus. in on it. Like, but also. She wasn't in on it, but like also they like the fear has been taken away but now there's a dead body and she's like, I've gotta distract myself. here's here's the dialogue. here's the head of mine. The person oh God, the person who would care about her clinging to another man um, physical touch is not his love language so he doesn't see it as a red flag. it doesn't it doesn't make him feel some type of way. Um, he's more into acts of service and so her agreeing to be a part of his stupid plan for a murder camp um it, it was it was it was proof of love and so like that's that's what i came up with and i'm giving them way too much credit because the holes are apparent on the second watch through i'm like you guys <laughs> we did get a little bit ahead of ourselves there um but
1: this will all make sense by the end of the episode yeah. i promise everybody.
0: i'm really sorry i um <laughs> spoiler no, it's okay i feel you <laughs> it's a rewatch podcast I feel you
1: um they asked clive if he wants to play he said no he has weird nipples and i got a
0: date in the den with the moon patrol which is a video game we come to know
1: i'm so happy that you said that because i thought you meant he, i thought that meant he had to go poop
0: <laughs> so we see we see the video game um in the background later uh... um so they're like annie are you playing and she's like no i want to get this grime off my neck i'm taking a long hot shower Jules is like, "Where do you think you're going?" She's like, I'm gonna be fine. you know, the game's over. I'm gonna avoid the storm. I just really need to like clean myself, which is fair. So she, they like let her leave, which is not fair.
1: No. Sean, Sean and Juliet have a little aside. And this is where and... we see them
0: standing in front of the den door. We see the back of um, Clive. Clive's head and he's playing a video game. Sean still thinks there's something off and
1: wants to see the body. Because Sean might actually be psychic.
0: I'm getting really, really strong vibes here. Um, And I just wanted to point out that we can see in this scene, when they're having this chit-chat, that the den window is closed. And then, Jules wants more than vibes. And Sean says, oh, she says, you're going to have to do better than vibes. Sean says, Jeff Goldblum and Cindy Lauper couldn't. There's a 1988 movie called Vibes. Starring Jeff Goldblum and Cindy Lauper. And they are Nick and Sylvia, two psychics who get tricked into going to Ecuador to look for a lost city of gold. <laughs> Reportedly, Cindy Lauper and Jeff Goldblum did not like each other very much. And one of the taglines for this film are, Romancing the Ghostbusters in the Temple of Doom. <laughs> I, I think I might need to watch this movie. That's what I thought. And I was like, is that a damning critique or is that something that makes me want to watch it more the romancing the ghostbusters in the temple of doom um okay annie's in the shower
1: she is doing her shower thing she gets out she wipes off the mirror she puts on her robe and she looks and there's a mask in the mirror
0: and she turns around and she kind of does she yelp a little bit or does she just yell jason and get mad yeah she's like
1: She thinks it's Jason, and then um, it's not Jason. He's
0: actually holding an axe, and then she just screams again, and then pan to sissy giggling.
1: Um, Because um, Billy has lost this game of strip strip cribbage, maybe on purpose, um, and he is completely
0: naked except for his shoes and socks. Which is uh, really offensive to Gus because he doesn't even know how to play the game. Here's the thing that we skipped. So before we see Annie endangered sean and juliet go to look at the body and juliet says he's all scratched up but the current could have you know run him into anything you know we don't know what that is sean sort of psychs out on a neck mark that's kind of odd and sean's like it's really unclear sean and juliet go back into the room and sean is like oh no and (laughs) we get a wow from juliet who averts her eyes um Sean says, I will give you all the money in Gus's wallet if you put your pants back on. Because the, the man is naked. Sitting on a fabric chair naked. <laughs> That's Sir. The no, lights go out. Naked man stands up. Gus tells him to cover his junk. And he puts he finally puts on pants and he says, It's probably just <laughs> the breakers. I'll be back in a flash.
1: And so he runs out to uh to check the breaker. So we get
0: another break to lassie here and a man is picking up the bill like lassie has paid the bill and he's just sort of sitting there twiddling a pen oh this this scene is so deep so victoria comes back from presumably the bathroom and lassie's just like let's not do this and victoria's like but it's been coming for a long time and he's like yeah yeah no i know let's just skip this part i've signed your papers she said two years ago you would have thrown those in the fireplace Two years ago, I would have lit those on fire and put them back in your purse. That is the most Lasseter thing that he says in this episode. (laughs) That is so... I'm just like, yup, you would (laughs) have. Maybe a sign that that marriage wasn't going to work out. (laughs) Lasseter says, I don't think this place likes me. Like, he used to to get food poisoning and now he's signing divorce papers. Um, Victoria gives him a little kiss and tells him that she doesn't think she'll ever stop loving him completely do you have any of this
1: <laughs> lassie uh, lassie has a big old monologue the only part i have is i'm going to let you go because that's what you want
0: i was like oh respect yeah he's like you know i first he talks about how he acted at first he had her followed he he wasn't like respecting her her boundaries he says, but, you know, that's in the past, and we're looking to the future, and I, I'm not going to say anything. I want to scream that I'd do anything to get you back, but I'm going to let you go because that's what you want, and I respect you now. And I've learned. <laughs> and he's like, once you leave, like, once you walk out those doors, I'm finally letting go of everything I've been holding on to. And I was like, yeah, you should, first of all, but Awesome. And, um, she
1: leaves, and there's this moment when we think she might pause and look back at last year. Well, she pauses
0: she quite a bit, yeah. and there's a sad song playing. But she—it's just
1: a—that's a, a—that—it's heavy. It's heavy. It needs to be funny.
0: This episode doesn't give us any of that. Yeah. Like not really. Okay, so back to shirtless Billy
1: running. Um, he. Oh yes, he gets inside. And uh, I wrote that the breaker box is jacked up, and so is Billy.
0: He goes to, like, mess with it, and it, like, shocks him, and he drops his flashlight, and then when he picks it up, there's a masked man walking into the room, and... He, He thinks it's Jason. Yeah, he says, Jason. And then the person grabs a wet mop out of a bucket, and then just goes at Billy with it, and we hear a scream, and the lights come back on.
1: Yeah, my notes say mop plus Billy plus water plus electricity equals scream. (laughs) Uh,
0: Jason is the one who's still, like, chucking champagne out of the bottle. Sean has a psychic flashback to when um, they were first cheersing all together with the champagne flutes and a ring on Clive's finger. And he goes into, like, this whole psych out. And Jules goes, Sean, because she can see that. And he's just like, he's like fully in it, just psyching out completely. And um, earlier when he came back from their search and they met at six when they were looking for Annie, um, mm-hmm. he kind of infers psychically, oh my God, that Irwin was at the lake and Clive found him and held his head underwater to drown him. And that's where the mark came from, his thumb ring on just like on the back of the guy's neck and then um he psychs out to clive's cold dead eyes at multiple points like when he wasn't being on he just sort of like shark face
1: he screams like i think we have a bigger problem he runs into the other room he screams for clive and he finds the doll sitting there with a wig on
0: and the den window is now open So when we first saw the video game being played, someone was playing that video game. The window was closed. After Sean and Juliet left to go look at the body on the porch and like people were distracted, he snuck out.
1: Sean and Juliet are like, okay, we're going to go find him.
0: Oh no, Billy and Annie are out there alone with this maniac running around. Right. Um, Juliet says, everyone stay in here, stay together in the living room. And Sean tells her that he's going with her and there's no argument because there's no time. Jason's like, I think this is all my fault. I hired a crazy person to work at a murder camp. He said psycho. Did he? He said psycho. Nice. Sorry, it's a dark call out to us, but it's a call yeah. out to us. And then they hear something coming down the steps. And then we hear some more creaking and the bagman jumps down. I just keep calling Jason him starts the bag man from here on out.
1: I kept calling him the masked man, so I like that.
0: Um, Jason starts fighting him. And Gus and Sissy run. Well, Jason tells Gus to get her out of here. Presumably he's being stabbed. Um, Gus with Sissy. Juliet finds Annie. Sean finds Billy. They just open doors and see a grisly scene that we don't see, but they react to it. And then, and then Sean sees the masked man fighting with Gus in the pool. Runs up to Sean, and he's like, what are you doing out here? And she finally gets out. He was in the house! And then there's like a flashing of lights over by the abandoned pool. And outside the pool, um, Gus and the masked man are having a fight. And then the lights blink back out, and we hear Gus kind of groan yell. Mm-hmm. So this is like Sean being like, Gus! and like running to his rescue Sean
1: pulls somebody
0: out of the water thinking it's Gus and it's Clive yeah he just keeps going you're okay you're okay and then it's Clive and he's like uh oh uh-oh, and the eyes just open in horror movie fashion uh, we get a full killer monologue here the man who died 20 years ago was my father of course he was <laughs> <laughs> um i was just like
1: that's another jason reference right
0: mm, another friend of the 13th reference not directly but it's like one of those things it's like it, it the thing about jason is he's actually unkillable in later movies in the first movie it was his mother oh yes and in subsequent movies it was actually him and he's unkillable and that's why he keeps coming back Michael Myers is kind of the same way. It's like, how do you kill this unkillable thing? Um, Mm -hmm. But it's like, if in like the Scream sequels, it's like, because my mother or because I was the unwanted child or because like, it's that. Um, I said, Clive rants. It's not funny.
1: (laughs) Oh, and then Gus comes running over and he's like, what are you doing down there? I came to save you. I already saved myself.
0: Yeah, he goes, I already beat him. And <laughs> Sean's like, yep, I can see that now.
1: <laughs> and then Gus uh, tries to be helpful and throws him a pool skimmer.
0: Then Gus yells for Juliet. Sean is holding his own, just blocking the knife with the pool skimmer. Um, Sean kind oh. of goes down this rabbit hole of like, dude, I'm on your side. And the guy's like, you're one of them. He goes, I don't even like Jason. My pinata was way better. <laughs> Clive is so confused. And Sean's like, you know what? I don't know. I, I, I tried to explain and it just got personal. <laughs> Gus comes from behind and starts just throwing crap at Clive. A pool noodle, a ball. And Sean's like, what are you doing? Gus is like, causing a diversion. <laughs> And then Clive said, this is my game. And guess who's going to lose? So Sean is screaming for Jules to help him. And she's saying that she's got no shot. And Sean just keeps yelling, get the shot, get the shot. And Gus goes, shoot that mother. She shot him square in the hand. Clive is like, in the hand? Are you kidding me?
1: We're back to kind of normal day, normal scene. The screen is back to normal again. Yeah. It's It's not dark anymore. The next
0: morning and uh, Jason's being loaded up in the ambulance. He survived and he's so apologetic. He's like, I'm so sorry. I never wanted anyone to get hurt. I never meant for this to happen. He and Gus do the handshake one more freaking time.
1: And then Sissy's like, okay, I'm going to go with him in the ambulance. Gus is like. Stay with us. She said, I really should go. After all, he is my fiancé.
0: Um, Gus is understandably confused because she's literally been flirting and clinging to him the whole time. And look, you know what? It's within her right to, like, have that not mean anything. But doing that with your fiancé right there, with whom you have absolutely no affectionate interactions?
1: There is one point in the episode where they're holding hands. (gasps) What?! But it's, it's, like, it's in one of the, like, running, like, running away sequences, and, and it's obvious that they're, like, trying to be together. Like, not together as a couple, but trying to be together as a group. Jason and Sissy?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I mean, kudos on them, because I did not notice that. And I was like, they left out any coupliness, and this has not been earned. <laughs> um, let's see. So... Jules and Sean are awkwardly standing silently by the lake. And then Sean says he just wants to thank Juliet um, for shooting that psychopath in the hand. And she says it's her pleasure. That
1: whack job psycho killer. Yeah, that one. <laughs> we got another psycho.
0: Well, also, Psycho Killer is a really great song. Oh. Um, <laughs> and Juliet says it was her pleasure. And then Sean's like, so this probably sounds weird. And I was scared and all discombobulated and whatnot, granted. But that level of pinpoint marksmanship is easily one of the sexiest things that I've ever. And she sort of smirks, shh. but just says, Sean, shh. And then she sort of like glances over at him.
1: Would you say that Juliet stayed sexy and did not get murdered?
0: Oh, 1000%. She was the only sexy unmurderable in this show.
1: Uh, Gus comes over
0: and we get this stacked profile shot of them and I know it's like something. It's something but I don't I don't know what it's referring to. I don't know what it's
1: Um Sean said, "Hey, I know this goes without saying, but we are never coming back here again."
0: Yeah, it'll be a cold day in hell.
1: <laughs> and
0: yeah. Gus sort of cuts him off, and he's like, "I am sorry, I ditched you and made a pinata with Jason Cunningham." Sean said, "Apology accepted." And we get this pan out to creepy music, and that's the end. I mean, we've got a lot to look forward to, and Rodé he brings it. I'm not. I'm, I mean, he he can direct. at just this one probably wasn't it, but I do love a Camp Tiki Hama.
1: I do love a Camp Tiki Hama reference as well, and. I think if there weren't as many plot holes, which maybe some of the plot holes we can argue aren't actually there, you and I are finding them, but okay. So if there weren't as many plot holes and if the story had some comedic element to it, um, I think I would call this like a, a good a good like normal episode, but as someone who hates like horror slasher everything. This just this episode's not for me. And I'm very aware of that.
0: Oh, yeah. I 100%. I was watching it and I was like, I'm fine with this. Alexis will not be. She will not be.
1: So the only Henry we got was at the very beginning of the episode when he was young Henry. We didn't get any buzz.
0: No buzz. Barely any chief. Just at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um. So we did get three pineapples. We did get three pineapples. We got some fun guest stars. We didn't name them all. Justine Bateman is like a big get. Um. Mm-hmm. I think... So she's been in a lot. She's Jason Bateman's sister. She was in family ties which yeah. has come up on this show before. She is more modernly probably known for like Desperate Housewives and Californication, but um she's a whole thing. Like I'm yeah. pretty sure my dad had a crush on her. You know what I mean? Like
1: <laughs> Um so this show does a lot with names and we've we've caught that before, but uh, in this episode, everybody's name had some reference to Friday the 13th, or, or to a horror film. Ooh. Like, Annie was a reference to Carrie, and um, Jason was obviously a reference to Jason Voorhees, and Clive was a reference to something, and Billy, yeah. I don't know. I, Amazon told me that. I can look up what it actually said, but I'm not going to. Um, but basically, they, they named all of those characters, including Sissy... To be references to other horror movies, which I thought was very clever.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm I I'm glad to know that. Yeah. I wonder what Clive was. I wonder if, if his gives him away at all. I do have one other fun
1: fact for you. So do you remember when Sean is in Annie's cabin and he's looking for uh any clues and he ends up opening the refrigerator? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That is the same old refrigerator from the 10 million years ago from the mummy? episode from the, yes, from the mummy episode where the guy falls I was
0: wondering, I was like, old timey refrigerator.
1: Yep. Same fridge. Oh same prop
0: fridge. I love that prop fridge. I want that fridge. The kind of plot hole I enjoy is the kind where they're like, we're going to retrofit a thing that was made up to be an actual thing. So like the camp song, I love. A character mm-hmm. made that up. We know the camp was real cuz Gus kept correcting Sean in season 2 episode 9 <laughs> about the name of the camp. Um <laughs> Tiki Mama Drama, um <laughs> Camp Tiki Barber. I <laughs> It was a whole thing, but um the camp song coming back it didn't oh, need yeah. to be creepy, but I do love it. I love
1: It was that was a funny throwback. I love Tancana. The only thing that this episode did was pushed the Sean Juliet story a little bit.
0: And I do like that it kept bringing it back to Sean and Gus, the dynamic duo. Yes. The two-headed yeah, preteen buddy... phenomenon.
1: <laughs> that buddy aspect was definitely, like, um, built up in this episode. Because, you know, Sean was kind of working with Juliet and then Jason tagged up with Gus, but Gus came back and said, like, dude, I should, it should have been you. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. It was a good moment. I love that. Next week is the season finale. Bum, bum, bum. It's also kind of dark as the season finale kind of tend to be, but it's not like this one. I feel like, Mm-mm. I feel like it's easier for Alexis. Like, it feels more like a, a our, our, our gang doing the thing.
1: Okay. Well, uh, if that is all, I am Alexis. I'm Clive, I'm hilarious, and I have no girlfriend.
0: And I'm Kaylee. Hey, you're a woman. Is it too early to bring up kids?
1: And this has been...
0: To To the the Blueberry! Psych out.